0: Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Orrin, the founder and editor of Victorybell.com, a subscription-based newsletter and website dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics, and you are tuned in to a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. Feel free to go to victorybell.com, sign up, subscribe if you haven't already. $5 a month, $49.99 for the entire year gets you all of the content that's there. The podcast is free and can be found all over the internet, wherever your podcast uh, preferred is. If there's a place that you listen to podcasts that we don't have the Victory Bell, the podcast on, please hit me up at valpovictorybell at gmail.com and let me know and I will do my best to get it up there. Uh, kind of a tough episode today. Um, Earlier this week, tough news came down as uh, Valparaiso legend Dave Redman passed away. Dave played at Valpo High School and then went to Arkansas Little Rock for a year before transferring back to play at Valpo. And uh, later on in the pod, I will have a couple of teammates of his from high school and college, Casey Schmidt and Rob Cavanaugh are going to join the podcast to talk about Dave a little bit. Uh, should be some good stuff there. I really appreciate having the chance to sit down with those guys. Heading to Illinois State in a little bit here as the Valpo men's basketball team looks to continue their two game win streak here in the Valley after a very tough 0 7 start. I realize it's been about a month since I put up a podcast. The last one was right before Christmas. And then just, you know, it's like getting Christmas break, getting back uh, games here, games there. And I just haven't, haven't sat down to do it all. And, and mostly one of the reasons why the lack of a podcast was I spent a long time working on these two stories that came out last week, um, that I wrote about Matt Loddick and the Valpo men's basketball program called humanity on the hot seat. There was a, the first part of it, which was me kind of laying out an overview, uh, a little bit of, um, of, of my thoughts on the whole situation of, of, is he on the hot seat? Is he not on the hot seat? And then, um, and then, you know, part two talking to Matt a little bit about it. And I guess I just, before we get into talking about Dave, I just wanted to mention again, I, I you know, I think it's, it's interesting. So much vitriol is a word that I use. I've read online, you know, you see it on Twitter, you see fans are fired up. You see it on the message board and, and a lot of times, a lot of early days, what I saw was I saw people um, who wouldn't put their name behind it, kind of, you know, being critical and then saying to me, you know, how come you're not burying this guy or whatever? And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like I'm, my job as a reporter is to report on things that are going on, be a storyteller. My, my job is not necessarily to, uh, to, to be saying, I, I think you should be fired, or I think you should get a huge contract extension or anything like that. I just, uh, you know, I said, said it in one of the pieces, that's an awful lot of pressure to put on a guy whose basketball career ended after eighth grade, but uh, due to an overwhelming lack of talent. Um, But I also understand, right, as time has gone on, especially this year, where it used to be parody Twitter accounts, and it used to be people who are kind of hiding behind uh, uh, fake avatar names and numbers and all of that, and bot-like people tweeting about this, more and more this year, there's been a call for Valpo to make a change, or there's been a frustration. Um, you can see it in attendance figures, right? I think we're a couple of years removed from COVID, so I don't necessarily think we can say, "Well, attendance is down because of COVID." Because on the same day that Valpo got fourteen hundred people in the Arc, Southern Illinois had seven thousand people at their game, and quite frankly uh, Southern Illinois and Valpo both have had the same track record of success lately when it comes to, you know, end of season stuff like Southern Illinois hasn't been dancing in the NCAA tournament recently, but they got 7,000 people at their games. Valpo had under a thousand at a game a couple weeks ago. So fans were clearly upset, clearly voicing that displeasure. And more and more, I would be getting text messages from people saying, you know, when, when's this, you know, Valpo's got to make a change, all of this. And And I thought, you know, like, yeah, maybe, but I, you know, at the same time, I think there's got to be some humanity to it. And so I wanted to look at it through that lens. I'm an eternal optimist. I say that in one of the pieces. I also talk about uh, a time where Matt and his wife, Kylan, were in the gym and I ran up to them and told them how excited I was that the Green Bay Packers had fired their coach and, um... You know, kind of the humanity of that, or the inhumanity of that, from my from my end in a good conversation that came of that. So, um, I you know, and I ended the story. I think the last couple paragraphs in part two. It took me a long time to kind of find those words because I don't know what happens next. I don't know, uh, and I'll say this: I think Matt's got two years left on his deal. I always feel. I know it's my job as a reporter to report, seek truth, and report it. I also feel weird and always have in my life about asking people about their, their contract or their money or whatever. I think this was a thing that was instilled in me as a child. Like you never ask other people about their, their money or their, like that's between them and their employer. And, and so I think that was a, a lesson I got from, from my mom and my dad at a young age. And, and so, but again, I understand the business and everything that we're in um, that said, I think matt has got two years left on his deal. And if the university were to make a move, that would be a, incredible financial move that they would have to make in order to to do that. And I don't know that that's responsible financial thinking, right, given this, this day and age that we're in, not only in athletics, where I think Valpo needs, uh, you know, it's clear they're not on par with a lot of the other schools in the Valley, you know, resource-wise. So now all of a sudden, instead of putting money into the program, that way you'd be putting money into – making a move. And then, okay, if you get rid of one guy, now you got to bring somebody else in, you probably got to pay him more. And what are you going to give him that the other guy didn't get? This happens every time there's a new coach. So now you got to pay for, you got to make a commitment to the new coach to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's going to come with a financial price tag. And and so I don't, I don't know the answer, right? I don't, you know, two people know the answer and that's the president and the athletic director. And I imagine a month and a half from now, I think we'll get some of those answers, right? You know, after the season is done and uh, and, and we'll see what direction Valpo goes. I kind of do appreciate Loddick's approach of kind of saying I'm not reading the, the you know, I don't, you know, he, he's, he's told me he doesn't read Twitter or the message boards or any of that. And God, I hope he reads the victory bell because, uh, you know, I need all the subscribers I can get. So, um I, uh, I I kind of appreciate the keep, keeping the head down and going for it. Kobe King, Ben Crickey, all these guys I've talked to have, have have repeatedly said like, look, we're not going away. You know, we are uh, we're going to fight until the bitter end here. And and they're starting to put together some success, albeit against teams that they should have beaten. I think today's game. I'm recording this around twelve thirty on uh, on Saturday, January twenty first. I think today's game against Illinois State will be big. This is a game that. Valpo, I don't know, you know, Illinois State's the lower team in the standings. A road game's always hard. but So I don't know that this is necessarily one of those games where you say Valpo should win this game, but Valpo could win this game, and they probably should. So go win this game, and then you've got a road game at Northern Iowa. That would be the game coming up next week that would be, okay, if you can win today against Illinois State and then win next week, that feels like, all right, Maybe now the tide is starting to change a little bit for Valpo, and now you can say, well, they were close against Murray State, they were close against Drake, they were close against Northern Iowa at home. These are these are games that had the ball bounced a couple different ways. Maybe Valpo's three and four instead of zero and seven, or maybe now they're five and four instead of two and seven. You know, and uh, and and then they're right in the mix. They were not. That's not the way the world works. You can't woulda, coulda, shoulda your way through this. But Valpo's got a chance. You know, they still, they're they're in the fight. I also want to look, Valpo women's team, kudos to them for a big win at home against Missouri State. I had the opportunity to go on the road, cover them at UIC, had the lead for most of the fourth quarter, and then gave up a buzzer-beating three-pointer at the end. A tough one to see. They bounced back. They won a good game at home against first place Missouri State. They went on the road at Northern Iowa, a game that was just a brutal trip to Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is a very good team and a bad matchup for Valpo. They're going to play Drake today. I expect, again, another, I mean, Drake's year in, year out, really, really good. Um, Not quite sure how that one will go. And then next week, I'll be going to Wisconsin. Uh, Valpo women's team going to play in Madison against Wisconsin. Looking forward to that. Uh, should be a, a, a fun game and a good opportunity for me to get to go cover a game at the University of Wisconsin, which I just think is going to be a blast. Um, also, want to mention I, I wrote a swim story. Enjoyed getting to talk to the Valpo swim team, and I've got another good one coming up early next week on a really powerful uh, swimmer, Sarah Strauss, uh, sophomore on the swim team, and some experiences that she's gone through in life that I'll just tell you, just, just get Get on the Victory Bell, subscribe to the Victory Bell. You you won't regret it with that story that's coming up. Um, so again, the victorybell.com, five bucks a month, $49.99 for the whole year. Please get on there, subscribe, share it with a friend, tell people about it, word of mouth. Uh, it's been about, almost a year trying to get this thing going still and uh, and hoping that with more success on the hard court, I'll have more success on the website and the subscription. So really looking forward to, uh, to hopefully some... Uh, some improved everything. So, all right, I want to, uh, I want to talk about Dave Redmond for a second. I didn't know Dave. Um, we were Facebook friends, which is to say that I reached out to him a couple times for some interviews here and there and, and just, you know, a guy that I wanted to connect with. And I mentioned this when I'm talking to Casey and Robin a little bit here in the interview. When I got to Valpo in 1999, you know, the buzz was all about the shot and about Bryce Drew. And I've, I've said this many times. Um you know, like the buzz was about that, but then you would hear about this triple overtime win against Western Illinois a couple of years earlier, about these two guys, Casey Schmidt and Dave Redmond, who came back home. The Prodigal Sons returned. They came back home to help lift the program right you hear about a guy like rob cavanaugh who stayed and and went through a pair of five win seasons and then more than doubled that to 12 and then went up to 20 in the the what he his legacy that he left and you just hear about these guys and and those three kind of always linked together as valpo guys that that kind of came together here at the university um and I've gotten to know Casey a lot through the years. He's in town. He's a friend, and and uh, you always would hear Casey with Dave, Dave with Casey, and and so. And I was with Rob last weekend in Evansville, and hearing, you know, we were just telling stories, and and a couple of them came up about Dave too. And then the next day, uh, he, he passed, uh, and just very very sad, um, and just the legacy that he's left, right. And we talk about the numbers and all of that, but. I'll tell you, when when the news came out the other day, and I'd heard about it early on, and and it was like, all right, well, you know, is this real? Is this not real? Um, It's just the amount of people that reached out. You could tell he just touched so many people and and just kind of a star that was here. And, and, um, you know, there's been the basketball is one thing, but it's all the other stuff. Right. And, and you're going to hear some basketball stories on this podcast. Right. And, and, and I'll tell you that a lot of the stuff away from it is, is our memories that people share and people keep. And, and um, you can tell, you'll hear the emotion in the voice of these guys, Casey and Rob, as they're talking. And, and, and you we probably, probably cut the interview a little short simply because I, you know, just the emotion was getting there and, and, Man, oh man, just like the sadness to to lose a guy this young. I mean, 47, 48 years old, I think, and and very, very sad. Wish I would have gotten more of a chance to get to meet Dave and see him play, but have certainly heard all the great stories, and there's a few more stories to come here in this conversation that I have with Casey and Rob, indebted to them and and grateful for them to take time to to share stories about a dear personal friend of theirs with a guy who who didn't really know him. So uh, sit back. Enjoy the next 20 minutes or so of, of some good reminiscing from Casey and Rob about Dave Redman. It's thrilled now to be joined by two guys that uh, knew Dave really well, um, guys who played with him at Valpo High School, guys who played with him at Valparaiso University. We've got Casey Schmidt. We've got Rob Cavanaugh. Guys, thank you for joining. I, you know, condolences to people who knew Dave really well. Casey, I want to start with you. Kind of heavy question out of the gate. When, we, when you think about Dave Redman, kind of what's the first thing that comes into your mind?
1: This great guy in general. He was a great, great teammate, uh, got along with everybody. And and obviously he had a, a huge passion for basketball. That's what brought us together, you know, Cav and I and, and a lot of the people with Dave, but he just, he just had a big heart. He was easy going. Uh, he was a guy it was very difficult not to really like when you were around him.
0: Rob, same question for you.
2: Yeah. I would just say, you know, laughter. I mean, Dave was always laughing. I mean, that the pressure of moments didn't get to him. He, you know, the highs and lows, he just, he just laughed things off. I, you know, going through old pictures this past week, looking, I mean, he's always laughing, whether we're in a huddle in the gym, you know, probably in a pressure point of a game and he's, he's smiling and laughing. So I would say my memories of him, whether on the court, um, you know, playing summer ball or just hanging out in our apartment, he's just, he was constantly happy and just laughing. You
0: know, so. Rob and I, we had a chance to go to Evansville last week. We were walking around downtown Evansville and just, uh, you know, telling stories, sharing stories. And, and Dave's name came up. And this was a couple days. You know, I, I don't exactly remember the day that, that you know, I, I don't know all the details I was passing. But but, um, you know, we, we his name came up and, and, and you know, it was like a guy that we talked about. And then, Rob, I want to ask you, Valpo then played UIC. Kenny Williams, a guy that, you know, does radio for them that day you went up to say hi to Kenny kind of what, what was his response to you?
2: Well, I always, whenever UIC comes to town, I always, you know, cause I, you know, had to guard Kenny a lot. And, um, you know, about 10 years ago, UIC was playing at the arc and I walked by and he just he knew who I was immediately. And the, the first question out of Kenny's mouth was how's, how's, how's Casey and Dave? And, uh, you know, unfortunately I had to, you know, share with them that Dave had passed away on Sunday. So, that was hard, but, um, you know, he, he's he been really, you know, he's actually texted me a couple times since since that game uh, this week and, uh, you know, just sending his condolences. But, uh he, he also said he ran into Casey, I think, playing in Spain. I think Kenny said, oh, hi, you know, because I, I think he played several, quite a few years, actually, over in Europe. Kenny did too. So, uh, you know, just, you know, just they've had a lot of respect from our competitors as well so
0: some of the numbers on Dave Redmond he you know he played at Valpo High School played really two years on varsity there back in a day and age when uh freshmen played on the freshman team sophomores played on the JV team and then by the time you were a junior you got to shine and shine he did um, averaged 21.7 points in a career which is the most averaged in a career at Valpo high School averaged 28.7 senior year, which is the most ever averaged for a year at Valpo High School. Casey, what was it like to play alongside Dave in in high school?
1: Well, we were fortunate. I mean, we had Cav running the point and you've got Dave and myself screaming in Cav's ear to give us the ball. So, you know, my senior year, we played under Skip Collins. Uh, so we had more of a systematic approach to basketball, a lot of passing, a lot of screens of movement which was hard to kind of keep someone like Dave under wraps and myself too a little bit, you know, cause Dave could just get up and down the court. He could run, never got tired. Um, you know, I, I want to touch on one thing real quick that Cav said it. I was thinking about it this morning, just kind of thinking about, uh, you know, today's podcast. And I don't know if Dave ever felt pressure. I mean, I literally was laughing to myself, but that guy, it, it didn't matter. He just wanted to play basketball and loved the game. And he brought that with us in high school stuff as well. Um, you know, moving forward, you know, Cav and Dave played their senior year together. And uh, I was at Arizona at the time. And I used to just love getting the calls and say, you know, Cav scored 30, Dave scored 40. They scored 110. I uh, wish I was around to watch him play a couple games uh, with with Punter letting him, you know, slam. Yeah, I think
0: you, 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 maybe you could have uh, challenged his 28.7 scoring uh, if you would have had that free-flowing offense. We did pretty well, but we'd, uh, we'd have let it fly, that's for sure. Yeah, we would have scored over 100 a lot. <laughs> Rob, you uh, I think you're like top three in uh, single season assists at Valpo, and I think a lot of them probably went to Dave, right? Well, Dave and Casey.
2: I mean, you have guys that can shoot like those two. You know, you know. I just passed the ball when they're open, and we had a lot of guys that were willing to play their roles and set screens for those guys, and, um, you know, they made the shots, so made me look good for sure
0: <laughs> what was it like uh being in town being that good and and just the support from Valpo you know lifting you guys up the three of you guys your whole team
1: we uh we enjoyed every minute of that i mean in, in high school you know it's it's hard for people to look back now things have changed you know social media everything else the internet i mean you can watch so many games elsewhere but our gyms were packed i mean it was a night out i mean standing room only in high school uh, the atmosphere was still Indiana basketball, and I think Valpo just thrived in that. Our community was awesome, you know. And then, and then when Cav went to Valpo, and uh, and Dave and I, you know, knew we were going to transfer. It was it was kind of a no brainer to know you could come back here and and really enjoy the community as much as they enjoy you. So it was it was awesome. I mean, just looking back, I wish every kid could experience that in high school.
0: I want to ask this, and and we'll transition into the Vu stuff now. Casey, you and I talked about this the other day, which was kind of really led me to think, you know, maybe maybe fans would love to hear this a little bit. Like, I'm an outsider to a degree, right? I mean, I've been around here for a long time, but I was not around during that time period. And I remember when I got to Valpo in 99, you know, Bryce Drew this, Lubos this, Rightus this, Europe this, and and everyone said, no, 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 no. None of that happens if it's not for these local guys that stayed or came back. And Casey, you and Dave have been linked together. Uh, Rob, I'm not trying to shortchange you on this. Oh, no. No, it's you hear the word Dave, you hear Casey, you hear Casey. Yeah, and Dave, Dave and Casey, Dave. Casey and Dave, Schmidt and Redman. You know, like it, you you hear that connection. That's what laid the groundwork. And sadly, you never really got to taste the fruits of that labor in terms of NCAA tournament stuff. But, but, but Casey, I'd imagine, especially now as you look back, that's got to give you chills to think about how, how your name is associated with Dave in that, right? Yeah, it
1: it does. It makes you think back, uh, you know, during those times, you know, specifically when I knew I was going to leave Arizona, it was a very big decision back in the day. Uh, There was no portal. It wasn't, I could put my name in the portal and start playing, you know, the next day, you know, number one, you knew you had to sit out for a full year in practice, Um, you know, and then Dave was going through the same thing. And here we are, we have Cab, one of our great friends and and teammates at high school to kind of pull it all together. So I I think we all kind of knew inside that we were going back to Valpo, but when we got on the phone, Dave and I, um, we were excited. We were excited to try to carry what we had in high school with Cab over to the university. And we thought we could, you know, we were confident that we could have that same camaraderie and, and teamwork and, and, uh, and community support. And, and fortunately it all worked out. But yeah, looking back, um, those moments are, are, are big when, when you're young. You know, we're young adults. We're 18, 19 years old. And what big decisions that I think we made with a lot of support that worked out real well. So it, it's just nothing but great memories.
0: Rob, what's that like to find out that, that your two guys from high school are going to come back? And uh, and you go from a 5-win team to a 12-win team to a 20-win team. Yeah, it was exciting.
2: I mean, you know, I I wasn't sure Casey would come back. I, was, I thought Dave might have been a little homesick just having talked to him. He was a you know, a real Valpo guy, he was a, a YMCA, a Boys and Girls Club, a, any local gym he could find, you know, he was, to me, he was a, what people would call gym rat back in the day, we used to have gym rat t-shirts, Dave Redman was a gym rat, you know, I, I tell people he would, he would, we'd go to our BU practices, have two, two and a half hour practice, and then he's off to Boone Grove to play with his cousins, uh, open gym for another two hours, you don't see him till nine thirty, ten 30, 10 at night, he shows back up at our apartment, but Yeah, but alluding to the, you know, even when Casey and Dave came back and they had to sit out a year, we got better because they were practicing with us. You know, our practices became more competitive. It made our team better. So even though they, you know, weren't part of that year, they had to sit out. You know, it did make us better. It really, uh, you know, stepped up our practices, the intensity of our practices and the competitiveness there. So some people forget that you know, not only them playing, but the year before they really helped elevate
0: the program as well. I feel like in this day and age, I hear this all the time, you know, Casey, to your point, you said like, when you hop in the portal now, you don't even have to sit a year, right? Like you just go and go. And I think a lot of times when you do have to sit a year, it's like, okay, I'm going to go transfer and I'm going to get a surgery where I can take, take care of my body. Right. I do remember in in about 20 years ago right when a guy transferred it's like all right he's gonna every practice is a Super Bowl for him right is that how I mean you and Dave I'd imagine had to bond a lot over not being able to play games what was that I mean that year was it just hey let's go make our teammates better in whatever way we can
1: yeah you know you would think there's a little bit of a struggle going to practice when you know you can't play um, but we enjoyed each other so much and there was some weight on our shoulders too when we transferred back those expectations they went up real quick and uh so we we look forward to it i mean i'll say you know I keep going back to our community and support here we felt like we we were there to do something and when we could accomplish it so we the only way to do it is to practice right and get in the gym and uh and, and spend a lot of time and uh, and and we did that I think we look forward to every practice believe it or not um you know, it was fun beating up on the guys too. Um, cause that's this little bragging rights back and forth that here's, here's what's coming next year, guys, you know what I mean? And, uh, so we had some fun and, and scrimmages and, uh, when we did them, you know, we're, we're, we're fun for us. We, you know, we got to watch Dave shoot from 30 and, and it was a, it was a wake up call. I think to kind of where things were going.
0: Dave was inducted in the Valparaiso university hall of fame in 2004. Uh, I just want to read some of the stuff that it, it says here. Um, you know, it, it, it says the evolution of Valpo's championship legacy in men's basketball began when David joined the program. He was selected as the mid-continent conference player of the year in 1995, helping Valpo to their first mid-con title. He was a part of a key part of the first Valpo squad to win 20 games at the division one level. The first team, all MidCon performer in 94 and 95 He scored 1,470 points among at Valpo, uh, among the school's all-time leaders in field goals, field goal attempts, three-point field goals, all newcomer team his first year. He went and played pro for a while. Uh, this is all the stuff that can be written down on a sheet of paper that people like me can research and all of that. Rob, when 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 you think about good stories involving Dave, right? Whether they be on the court, off the court, anything like that. Like what? Where does your memories go to? Is are, are they are they funny stories? Are they are they stories when he 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 beat you in a one-on-one game? Anything like that? Um, you
2: know, I think I go back to smiling, laughing, um, just hanging out at the apartment, you know, the the road trips, the hanging out in the hotel rooms, you know, with all the guys, but Dave, you know, nothing ever got to him. You know, I I always had butterflies, felt nervous before games. <laughs> Dave Dave was carefree. Uh pretty much about everything in life, you know. Um, you know, I, I can remember timeouts and big games and homer or punter uh, would drop a play and we'd be walking out on the court and they would be like hey rob i wasn't paying attention what am i supposed to do and i'm like dave you're just they're gonna set a double screen for you. you're gonna get a three in the corner he's like okay i'll do that you know so he just you know i don't know he didn't get caught up in moments you know you just talked about all his accolades he didn't get caught up in awards either you know if he got a trophy he probably threw it in a box somewhere and and you know never put it on a shelf so um smiling laughing that's all I can keep thinking
0: of Casey Casey when we set this up you you said something that I think is pretty funny you said look I I hope Rob's got good stories because mine aren't altogether pg right like and that's fine we're we're a family program here but we don't we don't I mean families tell good stories too what what you, you live together. You went through a lot together. I'm, I'm sure there's good stories that you can and can't tell. What what's a good memory that you have? You know, I think I'll stick to the basketball stories. But um, <laughs>
1: you know, Ronald, Dave was was, you know, we hit it over and over, just easy going. But when he got on the court, he was a competitor, and he used his skill set really, really well. And and then he took it beyond. I mean, Kev says how relaxed he was out there. You know, an example, I mean, we had, I don't remember exactly who we're playing. He did it three, four different times. You know, Dave, he was very thin. He couldn't put on weight if he had to. The guy ate more protein and probably pizza and carbs, anything he could to try to gain him.
2: I think mostly chewing tobacco is what he lived off of. He he always had, you know, my picture of him, just sorry to butt in Casey, but so many, he just walked around the apartment with no shirt on and a, a dip in his lower lip. And that that was Dave, you know, had his, his pop can he was spitting in and chewing. And, you know, that that's probably why he stayed skinny. That was
1: his diet. <laughs> that's that's how I remember Dave, too, as far as that. He did take a, the dip out, though, when he played basketball. I will say, yeah, that. yeah. Uh, you know, we had a, a couple games that, you know, just underneath the basket, you know, fighting hard. You think Dave had a hard time inside there sometimes because of his size. Then you'd see his go-go gadget arms go up in the air and come down with a rebound. And he played like he was playing at Tower Park. He took the ball, Rob will remember this, two or three times and just would fake the ball, like wrapping it around the guy's back. So picture the guy's right next to him. He swings the ball around the guy's back. The guy completely turns around. And Dave just puts the ball the ball up and he's like, come on, kid. You yeah. fell with on that one, you know, yeah. and he'd do that kind of stuff all the time. He was the guy always, if he's taking the ball out of the bounce, if you turn your back to him, He's going to throw the ball off your back and get a layup, you know, just pat you on the ass when you're rolling from there and tell you, you, gotta, you know, you got to pick it up a little bit. So was it's, he, was he a trash talker at all? A little bit. Yeah. Not too much. I mean, we, we always kind of had that cavalier. We, yeah. we enjoyed playing in the mid con and we had a lot of really good players in that league. I think we had seven or eight NBA players, believe it or not. Um, and we were competitive and, and we, we did talk some trash, but, even like UIC is talking about Sherell Ford and Kenny and the Northern Illinois group and Cleveland state. And we, we did talk a good bit of smack out there. And fortunately, you know, have an senior year, we could back it up. So that was good. Yeah, too. Yeah.
2: yeah. But the thing about Dave, yeah, he, he did want to kick your ass when you're on the basketball court, but the minute, the minute we walked off the court, it was, you know, whether you were from another high school that was playing pickup, he was your best friend. I mean, he he totally wanted to beat you in basketball and he was going to do everything he could on the court. The minute we were off the court, he was friends with every kid in local high schools, you know? And then, like you said, you see guys like Kenny, uh, having that respect for him and as well. So it's, that's the way he was.
1: Wow. Go go ahead, Casey. I'm sorry. How many guys have came up to me in the last week at the YMC or just walking around town, just, you know, sorry to hear about Dave and, and just and then just instantly, man, we love that guy at the YMCA, down at the basement of the YMCA, uh, you know, at Tower Park, you know, people see Tower Park now, how busy it is. It went through a dead spell probably for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. But when Kev and I were in college and Dave, we played a lot of ball there. And I think if you couldn't find Dave, like Cav said, he was probably at Tower Park in another gym playing. Yeah. And there was a couple of times he called me, Hey, Case, you need to get down here. These, these out-of-towners came in town. we got to show them what Valpo basketball is all about. Let's go. Let's run them out of here. You know, sneakers on. We're down there playing. And uh, he took a lot of pride in that. And, and uh, you know, he, he felt that Valpo was was kind of our town back then, and that included the hard courts and the concrete courts, you know.
2: It's, pretty, it's interesting because Dave grew up really close to BF Middle School. So he had the, you know, BF Middle School a couple blocks away, the Boys and Girls Club. He could walk to the YMCA. And he could walk to Tower Park. He was uh, central to those. He was probably within uh, maybe four to five blocks of all those places. And, uh, uh you know, he, he did have a tough kind of home life, I think, growing up um, with his dad. So I think having that outlet was uh, really good for him.
0: I wanted to ask, and I know this is probably a, t- a tougher part of the conversation, right? Like what the last week has been like. Rob, I know for you, um, you know, we're in a group chat with a bunch of guys and you've been sending photos for the last couple of days, right? So you've been obviously spending a lot of time mentally thinking about that time period. Um, you know, such it's, tr- it's an ugly fact of life that we don't ever get to capture those moments uh, except for on film. What what have you found in your, your looking back through pictures and everything? And obviously, I imagine it's made you sad, but it's probably also yeah. made you pretty happy in the last week yeah. or so.
2: Um, you know, the, the first couple of days it was like, I didn't believe it. So, you know, it was like, no, 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 just put it aside kind of, and then it started to sink in. So, um, you know, looking through the photos, um, and then, you know, I've been sharing them with our teammates, uh, not only the group you're in, but, uh, you know, a lot of guys that, uh, we lived with in the apartment, high school friends and teammates. So it's been tough.
0: Uh, You guys have both, I I know, Rob, you've, Homer has talked to you a little bit. Have you, have you guys talked where has Homer reached out? You guys talked to him at all?
1: I haven't spoke to Homer yet. I talked to Scott um, and a bunch of other ex teammates have called and, and bumped into, and, you know, kind of the same thing. You look, you, you know, you look back and just enjoy the good times and wish you had more of them. You know, unfortunately, you know, as you get older, you have families and kids. I mean, I think Dave lived in Valpo. I believe he was living in Ohio here the last couple of years, what I was told. But, you know, it was hard to keep up with Dave, you know, it, just in in, our, in my life and his life. And I'd bump into him once every six or seven years. And God, it was like, you know, it was it was we just saw each other the day before. So, um, you know, Cav sharing those photos in the sports group and reaching out and yeah, your memories are really, really good. And, and personally, I always try to focus on that. It's hard to. You know, especially lose somebody that young like Dave. I mean, um you know, it's it's a harsh reality like you said of what can happen. But my memories are are, are fantastic with Dave. That's one thing I can yeah. say. I don't I don't believe I have a bad memory with Dave Redman. Yeah. I agree. How many people can I say that about?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I kick myself a little bit for not staying in touch the last few years, but with families and you know, him moving to Ohio, it's but You know, so. um, But getting back to Homer, I have uh, had a couple messages with Homer. I haven't talked with him, but we've been texting. He wants to know about his service. Uh, I just texted him this morning. I actually sent him a few pictures as well from the early '90s. And you know, he asked me for Dave's mom's contact information this morning, so um, he is aware. And um, you know, he, him, and Punter were really good father figures for Dave. So,
0: yeah. Well, guys, I really appreciate you uh, you taking time out to to do this. Obviously, there's a lot of people who follow Valpo, who follow the stuff that I'm doing. That that both a knew Dave personally, and also b kind of understood the legacy that he left behind. And I thought it was important to give you guys an opportunity to to share some thoughts there. And and uh, if anything, you know, and I hate that this is always kind of what happens in life, but there ought to be a a Jersey retirement or some sort of thing, right? Like short of just a small hall of fame plaque out there. And I guess Casey would try to get your Jersey retired too. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't have that kind of power. Right. But uh, it's clear that Dave Redman, uh, a lot of Valpo basketball success doesn't happen without him, without you guys kind of saying we're coming home and we're going to make this work at home. I wish uh, my wish for Dave would
2: if he had the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament in that '95. If they hadn't, you know, switch conferences and they weren't eligible, I, um, you know, I think I think he could have done something special there. I wish he would have just had that opportunity in
0: life. Guys, thank you very much. Great, great to see you guys. Six,